from here to there. We cannot go unless we change and start to grow. Welcome to Lead, Sell, Grow, a show that helps you amplify your leadership, grow your sales, and take your life to the next level, all while being human. Here are your hosts, Eric Konovalov and Harry Spate. Harry, today we have an amazing guest with us. He is a light attack helicopter pilot and a retired Marine Corps veteran, which makes him my brother. Today, he is the founder of Rich Cardona Media. He helps entrepreneurs, businesses, and anyone who wants to build their brand, create captivating and engaging video content, which attracts clients and gets their message out better and faster. What's special is that his team does it all for you so you don't have to stress about what videos to create, when to create them, how to create them, what to say, none of that. They take care of all of it for you. He is the host of the Leadership Locker podcast. Let's welcome Rich Cardona to this show. Welcome, Rich. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate that bio, man. I've, I, I, I never heard my bio just kind of read like that, and I, I love it, man. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I didn't get to memorize it. I just wanted to make sure we got it right. Yeah, it's great. It's well, great hey, to have you here, man. Harry so, and Eric, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is our pleasure. So let me just ask you, how did you go from a light attack Huey pilot in the Marine Corps to creating video content? I, I'm going to say something to your listeners, and I hope they really pay attention. Um, that is, I did not have a business plan. I quit a corporate job after two years. I moved in with my in-laws, and I would not recommend any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with that. Um, but, but, look, man, I, I, guys, I have a crazy mom. And I think all of us look at our families like they're, they're crazy in their own way. But she always has the worst meaningless nuggets of advice. It's hilarious. And I'm just like, I'm like the eye roller. Even at 40 years old, I'm like, what is she talking about? But one thing she always says is you are where you need to be. So, you know, to answer your question is like, although it was kind of ugly getting here, like everywhere that I was, was exactly where I needed to be for everything to happen. So, I, I mean, I retired early because I wanted to stay in San Diego. I had been there five to six years. And I mean, I told you, Eric, in another conversation, but for you, Harry, and for the listeners, like I was at 17 years and they were about to come in the door and be like, hey, we got a great job for you somewhere halfway across the world and have a good time. And, and I, was just, I was just not at that point where that's anything I wanted to do. And for whatever reason, guys, I, I was super petrified that I was not going to be marketable as someone who served in the Marine Corps for however long, 20 years. I was like, okay, so if I get to 20, I'll be 38. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, no one's going to care. So I'm like, let me just pursue my education. So I got an MBA uh, from USC that landed me a job at Amazon. That was very unfulfilling for me for two years, like deeply unfulfilling. And then I, and I quit. And like now to really answer the question is, I, I started exploring my curiosities. And I mean, I, it took a lot of confidence for me to put myself in a situation where I was almost essentially relying on my family and them not relying on me because I was very proud of being able to be a provider like that. But I explored my curiosities and that started with remembering how great it felt uh, when I was on terminal leave to be in Europe and taking pictures and making videos. So I was like, okay. So I tried photography. I sucked. 
I started trying to make some like promos with, I was like, you know, with video and I'm like, okay, like, this isn't that bad. And then what I started realizing was some of my mentors had no video content and I thought they should have video content. So I asked one of them, her name is Claude. I was like, can I like film you? And, uh, or I could even finish. He was basically like, yeah, I trust you. And cause she knew I had no idea what I was doing. So, um, so away we went and um, I started recording her and, you know, there was, there was one cab ride we took and she said, we were just having these crazy intimate conversations, meaning like intimate to me about combat, intimate to her about her sexuality and being a mother at 50 and all this other stuff. And she's like, why weren't you recording that? And I was like, oh, shit. And that's where it happened. Like the idea was exactly that, which is. We need to see behind the curtain. Like a lot of people don't understand that, you know, executives and leaders and C-suite personnel are just like us, period. And there's a lot to gain from the relatability if, if, if it's done right. So that's what I do. Man, that is great. So why is it important? Why do you think it's important for leaders or anybody out there to create video content these days? So, uh, let's see, let's talk about some social media platforms. There's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's LinkedIn, and there's Facebook. Videos are prioritized on all of those platforms. And the reason they're prioritized on all of those platforms is because it keeps people on the platforms longer. If you could make a really engaging video that's three minutes long or five minutes long or whatever, I mean, and then obviously YouTube's the king, but... If you can make an engaging video, people will watch, stay on the platform longer, and there's a chance they actually might binge some of your content versus something like I posted on Facebook, which I don't use it really for business, but I put like, oh shit, Dax, Dax Prescott's ankle. You know, like that takes two seconds to read. But if I could put a good video on there, or especially on LinkedIn where my ideal customers are, then I'm gonna lean on video. So it was just kind of honestly, there's not a science to it for me. It was, I engage with video a lot because I get to know the person. So I wanted to put myself in a position to do that for other people. So do you, you, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, here, real quick. What do you think is stopping people? Like every time I, I, I totally agree with you. I think video is more engaging. Every time I'm in front of salespeople, I ask them to, to create one or two pieces of video content and put it out there to build their own brand. They just don't. They, they just, yeah. it's like a deer in the headlights. They don't do it. And then when we get together a week later, I'm like, how did it go? I didn't do it. Why not? Well, and it's, you know, a list of excuses. How do you get people over that? Because if you prepare for a keynote, or even if you're just literally talking to your daughter's fifth grade class and you prepare and you go out, the minute you're out there, everything changes. Like you're, you, you're trembling. Maybe nothing goes as smooth as you wanted to. Now you're in your own head or whatever. And the same thing goes to video. People look into a lens and they think they're talking to freaking Madison Square Garden or a Staples <laughs> Center full of people. And it's just like, no, man, no one's watching your shit. So, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like, just get over that, right? Like if, if Harry and I were on a call and he was asking me, you know, about content strategies and this and that, and, and I wanted to help him and I, and I knew that, right? And I, and I had that conversation with him and then I went and made, made a piece of content later on my own and I, was, I would just imagine Harry on the other end of that lens. 
right? I would just think of one person I'm trying to help or a question that's or a problem I help someone solve. And that really kind of takes it all away. So that has nothing to do with technique. That has nothing to do with ums. That has nothing to do with lighting. That has nothing to do with sound. That has to do with your desire to actually want to help people. Because if you really want to help people, you don't get in your own way for that. You just don't. So, so that's, that's what it is when it comes to video. And look, I lean on it, but of course you can do pictures. Of course you can do text. Like there's, there's various mediums, but I really think that is the way people can connect with you the best, especially on LinkedIn, because it's like an ongoing networking party forever. <laughs> so. What I love about your videos and I've been watching your stuff, you're not, you know, what you're not doing is every second, you're not telling people why they should, you know, buy from you or do business with you and how great your company is and how great your video creation is. As a matter of fact, when I see that happening more, I kind of go the other way, but I, I love the videos you do where you take, you know, 48 hours and condense it into a 30 second video. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what's the point of that? Like, why do you even do those? I like them. I don't know why I like them, but I like them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm glad you said that. So I do that. It is. So I'm, I, I never go on to sell. I mean, do either of you remember the last time you saw someone tell you to buy something of theirs and you bought it instantly? Like it's just doesn't work that way. This is 2020. Nobody. No one wants to hear it. And, and obviously we'll get into shared, shared voice and, and company brands in a little while. But, uh, I make those videos because I think behind the scenes stuff footage uh, 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 you know, a montage like that. I think it's intriguing, right? Like it's, it's, it's a less, much less slimy way of what people on Instagram do, which is taking a picture in this amazing spot with this amazing filter. And it's just complete bullshit. So for me, it's like, this is how it is. Um, I like to show people that where I show up, I don't have like this huge amount of gear and equipment. Like I have a tripod, I have a backpack with a couple cameras on it and I am loose and relaxed and I like people to see me coaching and I want people to be like, that's how it would be. And then that's also promoting my client. So, so that's why I do it. But I just think a day in the life kind of thing. And I don't do those too often, but I just think it, it kind of, people will remember that and be like, wow, that looks pretty simple. Maybe I'll have him come out to Florida. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, Harry, come hey, on. wait a minute. I feel like I'm being sold here. Uh, this is great. And, uh, you know, I've been watching some of your videos and you do, you do them so well. Right. And it's just, to me, it's almost unfathomable, whatever that word, unfathomable mm -hmm. to believe that you've only been doing this for a few years. I mean, uh, like less than two, really. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I was, I was afraid of saying that. Right. So what fears did you have to overcome yourself? Um, and then just to get so damn smooth, I mean, dude, it's like, you're, uh, you're such a pro, uh, like you're doing the nightly news or something. So <laughs> what fears did you have to overcome first? And then how did you become such a pro a second? I you know, this is great. And I, I, I promise you, this is something I've never said. Uh, the, the fear was like, I don't want to go back to the traditional workforce. Like I really don't. So like, I have to go freaking hard at this shit. You know, that means like, I don't have time to be nervous and I don't have time mm -hmm. to just like fall all over myself. And I don't have time to make a perfect edit and I don't have time for all these things. 
I so badly arrived to this place where I'm like, I have so much to offer and I didn't do positive affirmations and I didn't look in the mirror at five in the morning and go today, you got this. Like, I don't fucking do that shit. What I do is I think about like what I really want and what I really don't want. And I think that's what life is generally, right? It's like just this natural process of elimination of things that are less desirable. And for me, I got to this place where I started just doing away with anything that was kind of, you know, negative energy or something I really didn't want to do. Like, so if my wife's like, this, she's right in the other room. I hope she doesn't hear this, but it's true. <laughs> she's like, let's go it. see the Nutcracker. I'm like, no, like, I, I just don't, I'd rather do something else. That doesn't mean I don't want quality time. That just means I don't want to watch that. That means I don't want to work with certain people. That means I want to be in control. That means I don't want to have a boss who's underqualified to be in charge of me. That means I want to be, be able to pick and choose the people that I want to be around and that could help stimulate my personal and professional growth. So the fear was, I don't want to end up back there. I just, I just don't. And I think I, <laughs> there's this really famous photographer. His name's Peter McKinnon. And he's on YouTube and it's, he's kind of ridiculous. And I met him once and I was like, last, the last year I saw you, I was just thinking about being a creative and maybe launching a business. And I was like, now I have one. And I was like, and I love it. He's like, I'd rather be homeless than go back to work. <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah. wow. Like, but it was just kind of that thing, Harry. So it, it's, it's just, and it's not about being cool. It's not about completely being in control. It's about really, I'm the only one who's going to advocate for all the learning I want to do, all the creative things I want to do and all the things I want to test out, how I want to serve clients. So for me, the fear, the actual fear was I really don't and can't come across like everyone else. I just need to be exactly who I am because that takes all the guesswork out of it for people who may want to talk to me or work with me. And that was it. Damn, that's such a great answer, dude. I, I think I have goosebumps. I mean, I I'm not kidding. That yeah. was just such a freaking great answer. <laughs> I feel like I know you so much better. Um, so thank point. you. Yeah, I mean, thank you. That's, that's, that's why I try to do it that way. And yeah, listen to I, the authenticity, I, yeah. right? You said you've yeah. been at it for a few years, which was, well, you know, less than two years, right? There's no... <laughs> There's no, well, yeah, but I've been videotaping since I was five. It's a passion of right. mine and I'm natural. Yeah. None of that. It was like just, yeah, it's been less, but it's been less for 100% of the time, which is, you know, they say there are people who will say, I've been doing this for 20 years. And there's a big difference between having 20 years of experience or having one year of experience 20 times. Yeah. And I think what Rich is doing is 100% every single day he's learning and learning and learning, developing his craft. He looks like somebody that has 20 years of experience, even though it's been two years. Let me say something to you guys, yeah. though. Here's the thing. Like, I know how many people have just two decades of experience in marketing or video or whatever. And I have this self-induced, you know, chip on my shoulder that like, I'm going to smash this. And I'm going to catch up so quickly and rudely. Like, it's just a Marine thing, man, Eric. You know what I mean? Like, I it's just kind of like mean. that mentality. But I'm just like, I am going to cover so much ground so quick that no one's going to be able to hold that over my head that I've never worked at a big corporation or that I don't have a traditional marketing background. I mean, not like I care about that anyway, because traditional marketing is dead. But I, I just, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like you have to kind of create that, that, 
edge a little bit in order to kind of make sure you have the energy to do this every day. If I don't feel like there's anyone to catch up to, then it's, it's over, right? Like it's not fun. So there's always someone bigger and badder and there's plenty of them right now. And I'm just going to be like, all right, I'm coming. I'm coming. Okay. Watch out. I'm coming. Watch out, you know, and then do my thing. Yeah. And 10 years of marketing means nothing if you haven't really made a shift or adjusted in the last six months, right? Marketing completely changed when COVID hit, everything changed. Like it's, you know, anyway, um, man, this is, it's so cool to be able to talk to you. One of the things we talked about is you're, you're advocating for people to build their own brands. Yes. So for, for our business owners who have salespeople, a lot of times the business owner doesn't want that salesperson to build their own brand. Why do you think that's one? I, I know you think that's a mistake because I've asked you that question before, but could you tell the listeners, why is that a mistake uh, to think that way? Your sales, I mean, and, and sales, marketing operations, like it doesn't matter. Like those people are going to leave when they want to leave, no matter what. Right. Like, I mean, unless your culture is amazing, those people are going to leave no matter what. So don't give them another reason. Like if, if, they want to have a personal brand, then you should, you should uplift that. Now, I know it's scary, right? Like, oh man, like they're going to be representing the company. But here's the thing. Everyone always thinks of how it could go wrong, but let's think of it in another way. Let's, see the th- let's say Harry is the CEO and then we're a couple of the salespeople, Eric and I. And Eric and I are crushing it. Uh, but then we had a couple drop-offs last month and then it's picked up again in October and everything's going well. Like Harry should be proud if he sees us on LinkedIn being like, here's a lesson I learned by, by getting too aggressive on a sales pitch. You know what I mean? And I am actually sharing knowledge that's going to help other salespeople. Like that talk, that shows the caliber of people that Harry has, right? So in my opinion, if you're able to really add value collectively as an organization and you allow them to do so with you know, charisma and you, you know, you, you empower them to do it. I hate that word, but like you empower them to do it. Then number one, they're going to remember you for that. And number two, it's like, there's so much learning that's going to occur. And for Harry, hello, it's his company. Like that just means more eyeballs on his company. Exactly. Kidding me? Like, it's the best, it's the best case scenario. And then, okay, let's say something goes completely wrong and Rich writes something insane on LinkedIn or makes a terrible video or I don't know what. Well, Harry is a CEO. He could fire me whenever the hell he wants. And he could also get his ass on video and be like, I can't control what everyone says. You know, like I really want to make sure I allow people to get creative, to educate the marketplace. And, and sometimes there's misrepresentations of, of the company and in doing so, uh, you know, we had to part ways, but I, I wish him the best. I mean, game over, like the more he dwells on it, the worse it's going to be. Right. So, so anyway, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. If you have people who could educate the marketplace with real experience, which a lot of people don't, a lot of people just go for the vanity and just try and put just like, just the, they just want the clicks and the likes, all that stuff is going to end up getting you messages in your inbox inquiring about your company or tell me a little bit more oh i saw your i mean hello we just met this way eric right like we met via video yep because of a video so there you go so that that's how i look at it harry yeah that's great the uh okay so uh i was just talking about the company i work for where i have this freedom to do what i want pretty much on LinkedIn. i mean completely what i want putting out crazy videos not crazy but crazy crazy Mm -hmm. for me yeah, And then, uh, you know, you think about others who just say, I don't want my 
my uh, sales or my employees doing that? And really, ultimately, your, the concern is that those people who are putting out video will probably get recruited by somebody. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the, and that they're going to leave and they're going to take away all of our secrets and go somewhere else and become my competitor. So that's the really base fear. But on the other side of that, isn't it true that you want to have employees that are growing in their skill sets so that your company and whatever they're selling, it becomes more marketable hundred percent. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's normal for people to stay at a place for more than three to five years now. Anyway, I, I just right. don't like, like, look, like my father stayed at the same place for 30 something years. My mother stayed at the same place for 20 something years, but that was wow. a different time. Yeah. That's a different time. Like I trust me, if I was still in the con- traditional workforce, especially as a veteran who got out and now I'm just like, I don't know exactly what I want to do around here. And I wanted to find the right culture and all that. You better believe I'll probably have like three to four jobs in the first three to four years of my transition. But that mm. being said, yes, like that is a legitimate fear and I get it. But if you don't have people that are desirable, then you should probably think about it. Like you should probably be like, wow, would I re-enthusiastically hire 10 more of Sarah who's okay? You know, so the other point of it, the other aspect is this, suppose people are asking some of your people like, hey, come on over, blah, blah, blah. And they're gonna offer them more money. Well, let's say they say, and then, then let's just call her Sarah. So Sarah got an offer and they're like, yeah, we really, we love your content and all this other stuff. But like here, we, you, you know, we keep it a little bit more low profile around here. So, you know, it'll be more money, but you can't do any of the content. Like she would stay with you. I right. promise you she would stay with you because th- there's, there's just something about that kind of autonomy that, and, and I'm learning more and more, especially as someone who left a very high paying job that money is so not everything. I don't care how cliche that sounds, mm-hmm. but the reason you hear it over and over is because it's true. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't matter, especially when you have some of the main facets of a work life that you want and it's 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 just the way it is man that's right yeah why um why are so many ceos missing the boat and not getting on linkedin i don't know and i'm trying to change that um (laughs) there's there's so much to give there's so much to give the real reason they're not on eric is they don't have the time they can't I mean, they are trying to run an organization and if it's thriving, then they're busy. If it's failing, then they're busy. And the last thing they're thinking about is video content. But the best thing they could do for their company is to make content of any kind. Put your thoughts out there. Put what runs through your head. Put a hard decision you had to make. Put what, who was responsible for helping you hit your Q3 goals in a complete dog shit year pandemic, right? Like (laughs) talk about those, like does the CEO celebrate their people? You know, so there's just so much to to give. And like, I want to give you guys an example of something that has stuck with me, which is when I was at my time at Amazon, I just always remembered wanting more knowledge and wanting more responsibilities. And sometimes that's like not necessarily a good thing, especially when they're like, dude, this veteran just wants to do all this stuff. Like, geez, he just needs to chill out. I don't know if that was the case, but here's what I do know. Every time I ask, like, oh, you don't need to worry about that yet. 
I'm like, the more I learn about some of the things that are going on in your meeting and your stressors, when you get out of that meeting and come barking orders at us, the better job I could do. My entire job is to make your job easy. But I always noticed that there was just kind of this hoarding of knowledge. I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, the more we know, the better it's going to be. So you know what I did? I started going to some of these meetings and then some of the meetings I had to go to anyway, I would come back. And I was like super ridiculous, like in, in the warehouse, I was like, I wore my Marine Corps boots and whatever. And I was just like, had this like, like persona when I was there and I wasn't like crazy, but I had, I, I wanted to educate my hourly associates so much. So I was always pushing carts. I was always doing what they did and trying to outperform them all the time. Cause I thought that I'd get a lot more rapport for that, but I would always explain to them some of the business aspects behind some of the bullshit 10 hour and $10 an hour mundane tasks that they had to do for 10 hours straight. And that helped so much because I didn't hoard anything. I just tried to give them more and they were smarter, better, and faster than anyone. As a matter of fact, we had the number one shift in the, in the robotics network for weeks at one point. And they're like, Rich, oh yeah, Rich, can we like write a white paper about the systems and processes? I'm like, I talked to my people. Like, what the <laughs> hell's wrong? Like, I just talked to my people. Like, I don't know how to put that into a white paper. <sighs> talk know, to so, your people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so anyway, that's, you can't hoard knowledge and time is just, it's, it's the easiest excuse. I mean, it's, everyone is time poor, but you know, you can make time for certain things. And I think if you, if you can do that two to three times a week, put something out there, let it gain some traction. I think it's largely beneficial for, for the company. And then, then if you're doing it, that's going to encourage other people to do it. You don't have to ask them. You can, but they might be like, okay, game on. Like I want to make some content too. And so if I'm a, if I'm a salesperson or if I'm a CEO, what help me understand, like you're really good about explaining the why some people might not still connect the, why should I tell them about a thought I had? What does that have to do with anything that I'm selling or my business or my company, or how does that even help anybody? Because there's sellers just like you out there that need to hear it. And there's future sell people who are going to be in sales that need to hear it as well. Like everyone feels like, you know, that what they have to say is just so common that it's not even like, why would it even matter? Everyone or or everyone knows that. It's like, hello. Someone said to me, a really good friend of mine when I was in California, not long ago, she said, I said, She's like, you should really make a LinkedIn course. I'm like, everyone has a fucking LinkedIn course. I don't want to do that. She's like, yeah, but some people want it from you. Mm. I was like, oh, like, I, I know what she means. Like someone is going to want to listen to Harry over me. Someone Light gonna bulb. That's me. a light bulb right there, dude. <laughs> yeah, but that's someone's so going to want to listen to me over Eric. Someone's going to want to listen to Eric over Harry. Like, that's just the way it is. So if you already defeat yourself by thinking of all the reasons why it won't matter and how it won't affect someone, then it's a wrap before it even begins. Oh, man, that's so great. And should, you know, what should they have as far as video goes? Should they have a video editing software? Do they need a microphone? Like, what do they need to get started? Look, I, I, I've really been cautious about trying to talk to people about really good mics like this and all this other stuff. And I mean, I was going to have my other camera set up, but I, like I told you, I was like, I just finished a run and I'm like, dude, I don't have time to set it up, but you can really, and, and I quite literally just use your phone. 
Like I swear to you and just put your phone sideways. You can put it on a tripod pod or put it on a stack of books or whatever, set it up, have some light facing you. Don't have the light behind you and just go. The easiest thing to do, the easiest thing to do is just to keep an ongoing, um, you know, if you have the notes app in your phone, uh, I didn't even realize you could do this until recently, but you could pin a note. So I have four pinned notes here. One is for my podcast, you know, I, uh, things I want to do a podcast about. Two is for LinkedIn ideas. Three, uh, three is for YouTube ideas. And then four is for travel checklists because I never want to forget anything when I travel. Like how many batteries do I need and all that other stuff. So I pin that, uh, that note and then I'll just go in there whenever I have an idea for LinkedIn. Here, I'll tell you some of them right now. And the reason I want to share this with you is because, you know, I never want these thoughts to flee because you know why everyone doesn't make content because they're like, okay, time to make content. And they're like, I don't know what I'm going to make content about. I'll fuck it. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> Not if you have a list. So here's a list of things. Uh. I want to show people how to use GIFs. People don't come to LinkedIn to see who's selling. Uh, do you look at likes before you like something on LinkedIn? The benefits of being fake on LinkedIn having what it takes does not mean what it having what it takes does not mean you do what it takes you know all these things the expectations of vulnerability how much pressure is that there's like tons of ideas in here i'm like i got to make you or linkedin content about that yeah i'm do a little <laughs> brag man this is a this is literally <laughs> content yeah ideas so, of what to put out there if you don't have that then you're just like I don't know. You'll never it's do just, it. Dude, if, if <laughs> it's like going into your refrigerator, right? If you're like, I want some eggs and bacon today, and then you don't see eggs and bacon, like you probably won't have those for a while until you go to your neck, until you go to the grocery store again. So, but if they're there, then you could easily do exactly what you wanted to do. And that's the same thing with content, man. Like if you have it in your fridge, like you could pick anything you want, anytime you want and make the content. Yeah. And one thing, tell me how you feel about this, you know, People through generationally, if we're talking about it, the guys in Harry's generation, they're the ones that are used to, you know, hey, print this out. I need the paper. I want to work. Harry, you're an anomaly. You're not that guy. But a lot of people there, right. they, want, they want that paperwork. Um, the next generation, we wanted face-to-face kind of like in-person meetings or over the phone, audio, books on tape, right? Remember those? Now, oh, yeah. the new generation that's coming out, it's FaceTime, it's YouTube, yep. it's yep. Zoom. Yep. Everybody is connecting via video. This is just the, the new print this out for me. And if we're not hopping on board, I think yes. the train's going to leave. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, this is really funny, guys. I, had a, I did a bunch of podcasts Monday. And one of them, she didn't turn her camera on. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, all right. And I was like, this is awkward. I'm talking to a fucking logo. And I didn't ask her because clearly she didn't want to be on camera. She awkward. I, she got the one sheeter, you know, about my, um, uh, about the podcast. It's video podcast. I even say, I actually will make video assets for you and send them to you. So you could have them as your own content, not so you could promote me, but just so you have content of yourself. You know, I always do that. And I was just that's like, nice. that's weird. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't need to be on camera on Zoom calls all the time or anything like that. There's plenty of times I could be like, I'm audio only. I'm going to go walk my dog, you know, and just get some fresh air. But like, if it's a purposeful call, you know how much that helps to see and hear and feel someone and look at their body language 
and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's just that element of, it just really breaks down the barriers. So it's like, you could either go with it or not, but I actually and utterly agree with you. Like that, that is how it is. This is the new, you know, fill this out. Wow. So tell us what it's like to work with you and your team. Yeah. Um, so we're small, uh, by design. Um, like I said, I like to travel very light. Um, but what it is, is, you know, we can make content for you remotely. Um, and we could coach you through all that. And, you know, here's what you get, here's what you don't get. Uh, here's how you'll set up. And we give everyone guidelines and then we will walk them through. It's literally just like very conversational. It's like almost like a podcast. Although what we do is we do a little bit of research in advance uh, in order to make sure they're talking about things that are relevant in, in the marketplace with uh, consideration to their expertise. So that's one. Uh, the other option is that we go to you and then, you know, we have really great cameras and great sound and all that other stuff. And you usually get a lot more content out of that because I'm going to see you, right? Like it's inevitable that I'm just going to have the camera rolling for all kinds of shit besides what we're supposed to do. And that always is the best content. Again, the behind the scenes content. So we do that. We get back, upload it to Google drive. Our editing team starts hacking away at it, taking out the ums and the ahs and doing their jump cuts. We put captions on it. We put borders, we color graded if it needs color grading, all that kind of stuff. If the sounds awful, we, we do that. If someone swears, we could take it out, you know, all that. And then we distribute it for them. Uh, that's an extra cost. And then we also can do the copywriting for them. So there's literally no excuse. Now I'll tell you what we don't do, which is more important than what we do do. We don't engage on your behalf. We will never engage on your behalf. So if you start getting a ton of engagement and visibility, which all our clients do, we can't engage on, like, I'm not your voice. Like that is the part where you have to come in and be like, wow, like I'm going to respond to some of these comments. I can't believe someone took the time out of their day to write a comment for me about my post. Uh, so we do that, or uh, we don't do that. And then uh, the last part of what we do is, and we have analytics. So we have, uh, everyone gets a license for Shield Analytics, which is LinkedIn Analytics. And we're able to kind of track, oops, uh, track and get some pattern recognition and all that kind of stuff. Uh, look at what content's popping, what's not. And, and then we have a, a couple coaching calls a month um, and that's it. So, I mean, like we stack it in terms of value and by we, it's uh, my COO, Eliza and I, and she's just an animal. I'm so blessed to like work with her because she's a savage. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, she just works so, so, so damn hard. It's, it's just insane. And I need that. I love that. And she's one of those people where my instinct is not when she gives me feedback or presents a different look at an idea. My instinct is to be like, why didn't I think of that? Not like, I got it. I got it. Like, that's not, that's not how it is at all. Right. So um, we operate that way and it's pretty fluid. So we do that monthly for, uh, for anyone who takes us on board and you know uh, that that's what it's like, but what it's, what it's like as an experience, is less than an hour and a half a month, you know, that you have to deal with us, so to speak. And if you can make time for an hour and a half a month, to have content on social media or LinkedIn specifically, then I guarantee uh, things are going to change for you in a very good way. That hour and a half, how many pieces of content do they get? Uh, so the filming itself, we like, so I got one right after this. It's going to take about an hour. They're going to get 12 to 15 uh, pieces of uh, video clips out of it. So it lasts about a month. Yeah, yeah, and so if they're three, three, three a, a week. week. Yeah, yeah, wow, that is great. And can I ask you about your price range? Like, what is it? 
was the investment. Yeah. So, I mean, we work with executives. So like, uh, we start at $2,000 a month for everything out the door. If you want us to come out for an engagement, then that'll be like an, it just depends on where we're going. So that'll cost Mm -hmm. as well. But usually that's about $1,500. But again, you get so much out of it now. And and sometimes we work with people. So, I mean, thanks for asking, but uh, sometimes we work with people where they're like, uh, I'll distribute it. I'll do the copy and I'll do this. Or, or you could just come film everything and edit and you could edit everything. But we don't need we don't need consulting calls. We don't need whatever. But those people uh, usually don't last long because they're just not into the mechanics. I I, I, I do need to say this: if you want to win on the platform, like you have to spend time on the platform. So although we take like pretty much everything off the table for you, if you're not engaging with other people, I mean it's it's just not going to work out. Yeah, wow, that's great. So two to five grand roughly on a lower mid end, yep. and the company can get pretty much commercials on the network on the biggest networking platform out there where Mm -hmm. all the potential clients are and can see you and engage and all that stuff so uh, i mean it seems like a kind of a no-brainer here (laughs) i mean it's i i i really really enjoy what we do and if there's any indication uh that you guys have that I, I don't, and I want to know about it, number one. Nope. And number two, man, like I wake up early. I wake up early. I wake up between 4.03 and like 4.20 every day. And I'm just like start, I grind. I have my family time. I have my PT time. I have my deep work. I mean, I, I do it all, but I want you to win so badly. And this is like, I know how salesy that sounds, but you know how motivating it is when like the work you do for people helps them blow up. Dude, all my clients kick my ass in content, by the way. Well, um, the majority, you know, uh, a couple of them were just getting started, but they kick my ass. And I love that. I'm like, oh man, your post is on fire. They're like, they're like, Rich, I have to cancel filming this week because uh, I'm too busy with leads. I'm like, great. Wow. It's working. How do you judge that? How do you judge if something's working by the leads they get or the views, likes? So I, I, I judge it by the amount of activity that's taking place outside of uh, uh, like the comments and everything themselves like views are a good indicator but not of much right like like one rob renz for example he's a client of mine if you guys don't know him look him up but he's blowing up and he always jokes about how he's an in, he owns a state farm agency and he's like every time i talk about insurance he goes those posts perform the worst but they give me the most leads. People DM him all the time. Like, dude, what are you talking about? Key man insurance. Like I need that all because of a post. So it's like, it's crazy. Like, so I'm telling you all the metrics like are an indicator, but they also don't matter. So it's really important. Um, again, if, uh, like that sales example we were talking about, you never know. Someone might say, Hey, we could use your help with sales at our company. It's like, cool. I'll consult. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much opportunity. So everything that happens after the views and the likes and the comments is the most important. And it's, do you as a client have a system in place to field all that, make some calls, get to know people, extend it off of LinkedIn. And if so, then you're going to win. Man. Wow. That is really good. Like Grant Cardone. I'm not, I may not be a huge fan of his sales philosophies, but one thing he said was you are everybody in America is their own corporation. And yes. you just reminded me of that. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll consult. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't matter, yeah. you know, make, you're going to make some money. How did you get to meet Gary V and how did you get on his podcast? Oh man. Um, and do you have a cell phone number? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right here. No, I, of, of course I don't. But I, it was very strategic. And um, here's, here's how it all went down. And I'll, I'll try and be brief about this since I know I have a, a commitment. But um, I went to see him when I was still working at Amazon. I, I started seeing some of his videos and I was like, who the hell is this dude? Everyone has that experience in the beginning, I think. Like, what? Yeah, he's like, just talking just in a car. To, <laughs> you're just not used to seeing that. And the vulgarity yep. and the rawness. And at first, I was like, this is ridiculous. And then he just kept showing up in my feed because he makes a ton of content. Then I was like, just like I said about what can happen to you uh, is I started kind of binging his content. I'm like, all right, let me see. I was like, whoa, that's a really good video. Holy, you know, wow, that's a good point. Wow, that's exactly how I feel. So for me, I was like, let me, I have to go see him in person. I need to go see him speak in person. So I was still working at Amazon. I put on this ridiculous suit because it was um, this real estate conference that he was talking at. So everyone there was a realtor and they were dressed to the nines. And I just was like, this is so ridiculous. So um, I went and I paid for a meet and greet. I paid for VIP seating and, and for the meet and greet, which you get to meet him after. I think that was like an extra thousand dollars or something. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I flew out and I paid the extra thousand and dude, like my seat was right in the aisle, like two rows from the stage. And I knew one thing at that moment. And that was, they're going to put the microphone right here for <laughs> and they did. And I was the first dude. I mean, I had my foot there. I was kind of just, I had my foot kind of in front of the microphone. So like two minutes after he got out, I'm like, all right, I'm going to definitely plan for when I could get up to the microphone. I don't want to overdo it. And the funny thing was, was I looked back and there's like a line of people already and they're all crouching down, trying not to disrupt. And I was like, and I said to the dude in the front, I was like, Hey man, like I'm right here. And, and he was so cool. He could have said no. And it would have been a disaster. There would have been a fight that broke out right there. But, um, <laughs> I got to, I got to introduce myself. And at the time I was doing this kind of show in my mind, I was experimenting with video on interviewing veterans, successful, successfully transitioned veterans, um, blah, blah, blah. So I was doing this. So I, I told him about it, but before any of that, I said, you know, I want to give you my squadron patch. I was a uh, aviator in the Marine Corps and blah, blah, blah. And everyone started cheering. And I was like, can I give this to you? He's like, yeah. And I brought it up to him. Got to ask my question. That was amazing. And then I met him backstage and I gave him two more patches. One is for Claude, who was the first person I ever filmed who works for him. And then the other one was for D-Rock, his camera guy. So why would I give the patches? Because who the fuck is going to give them a squadron patch from a Marine Corps squadron? Nobody. Nobody. I'm like, I'm gonna, I will make an impression somehow. So uh, I made a video with him and I told him, hey, I'm on Amazon. I hate my life, blah, blah, blah. But I got to stay there because my daughter. And he gave me immediate advice and it was incredible. So that happened. What and was I the advice? Again. Uh, his is, <laughs> Come on, man. Let me, uh, I, we don't have enough time. So no. I had to do a yeah. follow up. I just want to, <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you what happened. A few months later, I go to another thing. And uh, that he's going to be speaking at in California. I go back to California for this one. Now I'm, I'm legit like, you know, starting a company. And I donated. This is crazy. I, I had a couple clients. So I saved a little bit of the money and I donated to his favorite charity because I wanted to come up with something different. So I got to ask him a question. I basically found one of the guys who's going to be running microphones and I made friends with him well in advance. I'm like, hey, dude, like I got to talk. 
I'm going to be right here. And, and he hooked me up, got to ask my question. I'm like, ever since I met you and, uh, sat down with you. Oh, actually that's what happened. So anyway, I, I convinced him to sit down with me. Cause I donated, I said, I want to add value. I was like, I donated this much to your favorite charity. I have it right on my phone. Um, and I was like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I would, if I could get 10 minutes with you in New York, you know, it'd be an honor. And he's like, let's do it. And I was one of the first people who asked a question. So I was lucky. Cause obviously everyone after that's like, can I get 10 minutes? He's like, nah, <laughs> no, no, no. So, <laughs> so I got 10 minutes with him, uh, in New York. I went to New York. He was a little bit late, of course. And I'm just like, so nervous. Like, what the hell am I going to say? And I had my camera and all this stuff. And I was just like super nervous. And I was like, I, I didn't even set it up right. So I just put my phone there and set it. And he gave me that five minutes felt like five hours. And he just, dude, I don't even know how to explain it. Here's all I can say. He was so present, like so he listened to every single word I said. He looked at every emotion that like I was putting off. Uh, he could hear how I am like in my voice. And he told me exactly what I needed to do. And uh, also that I was, that I was judging people, you know, um, I was so early on in the business. I was telling him like, why wouldn't people, you know, why wouldn't someone work with me like this and this and this, he's like, you're judging people. And he just, told, he gave me some advice. I was like, okay. So then I got him one year later uh, where I had ended up being on his podcast as well. And I gave him essentially an update. I'm like, everything's changed ever since we met and, and, and just whatever. So look, I, I, I wish I could get into a lot more details. I don't have the time to, and, and you guys don't either, but look, like I am making it a point to meet people who've inspired me in any way, shape or form. And it's not, it's so much less about getting to meet Gary V and get something from him than it is to like literally just have the opportunity to express my gratitude. Like, like I swear to you, I'm my baby daughter. Like, it's not about like how cool it is to say that it's about just being like, dude, you, you helped me out when I was driving to work, like ripping the steering wheel, like this uh, fucking sucks. Yeah. And I would listen wow. to like things he said. And I was like, I have a way out. I have a way out. Like I can absolutely do this. And if it wasn't for that, then who knows what would happen? I don't even know if I'd be married right now. So anyone who's had impact like me, whether it's him or Tom Bilyeu or anybody, like I'm going to freaking meet them and I'm going to get a chance to interview them and I'm going to give back as much as possible. But yeah, man, it, it's been a wild ride. And, um, I mean, I'm on a mission. You're just beginning, <laughs> Rich. Thank you so much for your time. Wishing you the best of luck. What it's legacy amazing. are you leaving behind? Yeah. What's that? What legacy are you leaving behind? Oh man. Uh, well, that it's it's at 40 years old or 38 years old. Like it's just not too late. Like no matter how how far down the road you've gone, you could always turn back. Like it doesn't matter. Like you could always turn around, start walking the other way. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. But uh, I'm really on a mission to just inspire transitioning service members and veterans that like, look, like you feel like you have something special. We come from a very special place. You want to start your own business, but you don't. Like I want to be one of the guys that proves to you like it's completely possible how to get your ducks in a row and how this work is much, much different and harder work than it is when you served. And you know that. So 
look, it's possible. And I want to be, I want to be responsible for helping people, you know, get, get to that reality. Are you going to Burbiz? Uh, no, I don't think so. When's that? <laughs> I got to check. I know it's one in October. It might be later, maybe next week. I'll, I'll double check B O U R B I Z. Yep. But chef Andre rush is always there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of influencers and all about the military. I think, uh, could be really good for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. I just never got around to it, but, okay. but I appreciate that. Awesome. My man. Hey, thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Really good luck. No, brother. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I had, I had a blast. <laughs> Bye, Bye. Rich. All right, guys. Take care. From here to there, you're going to grow because you've listened to our show. If you like our podcast vibe, don't be a stranger. Hit subscribe. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to join the B2B Sales Secrets Facebook group and we'll see you on the next episode.